The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And as and as and so here is this here is this here is this man, and the word reveals truth. The word is light. It's a lamp and it's light and it reveals truth. This is where I am in the spirit. This is the new man. This is what it is. But now how do I move? But now, but I'm just here. It, it's a lamp. But then as I speak it, it becomes light onto my path. A lamp onto my feet, a light onto my path, and I'm able to step forward. So as I keep speaking, I keep walking. Now, Psalms, not Psalms, Job 22 verse 28 says, You shall decree a thing, and it will cause light to shine upon your ways. Light will shine upon your pathways. You see, God has given us this supernatural divine ability on the inside of us to cause us to act like him. That, that is the whole thing. You see, by these great and precious promises, we are partakers of his divine nature. But these promises don't become yours until you begin to own it and speak it. But what are they for? Why do we have these promises? In him they are yes. And then when you declare it, it's yes to you as well. But why did he give us promises? Second Peter chapter 1 verse 4 says, According, he has given us exceeding great and precious promises. What for? So that we can use those promises and get our needs met. It sounds like it. Now, and that, that will kind of work. But that's not why the promises were given. Now I know that some people don't want, you don't want to hear that. The promises were not given to get your needs met. But, but because when it comes to your needs, Jesus had a different take on that. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, he says, don't be concerned about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and be all concerned about your needs. That's how the Gentiles operate. He says, you seek first the kingdom of God and those things are going to be added onto you. You can get all those things added onto you. The Father knows you have need of those things. But the way you get it is not by the pursuit of them. He says, the way you get it is righteousness. Learning to operate in oneness with me. Learning to operate in my nature. Learning to operate in my authority. Learning to operate by the power of my blood. Learning to operate by the authority of my name. I've given you my name so that the works that I do, you shall do also and greater works than these. So that you can declare and you can decree. Concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. God says, you learn to operate in righteousness and these things shall be added unto you. Amen? So what then are the promises for then? The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 9, He's given us these great and precious, these wonderful promises. Why? That we might partake of His divine nature. That we will partake, we will Take our part of the divine nature that we need. Now there's a part of the divine nature that, 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 that brings healing. That is wholeness, isn't it? There's a part of it that, that, that is free from offense. There's part of it that is, that is prosperity. So the promises, what it does is the promises, first of all, I mean, can you imagine here is, here is I mean, God is big, isn't he? And he has blessed you with how many blessings? Every spiritual blessing. How can you know what all those blessings are? He should label it, shouldn't he? He should label this one over here, healing. This one over here, prosperity. This one over here, deliverance. This one over here, a sound mind. This one over... 
You, 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 you follow me? So what does he do? Well, the promises are literally labeling some of these details of what's in this divine nature. What are these blessings? Are you with me? So he said, now here, so when I, when I see a promise, number one, this promise is not, is not so much for me to say, oh, I'm going to take this promise and get my need met. This promise tells me what I have. And I can take this promise and draw out that divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world. I can take that promise and draw out the divine nature and that particular aspect of the divine nature that comes forth will take care of whatever the need is. Can you see that? Amen? In fact, faith. So you see, like hope, hope tells us what it is we are born again to. Hope tells us exactly the, the confident expectation that God has for us based on what he has spoken, based on what he knows Jesus has done, and based on what, of, of what he knows he's put on the inside of you, and based on, on, on who he has made you, he has an expectation. So hope makes that clear to us. But now, we think, well, all right, where, where does faith come in? Isn't, isn't my faith so that I can get stuff? Well, let's examine that just for a moment. The Bible says, faith, without faith, it is what? Without, so faith pleases who? Is faith designed to please me? Faith pleases God. So how does my faith please God? When God reveals that this is what he has spoken, this is what is done, this is what is finished, and my faith says, yes, I see it, I agree with it. Thank you, Father, that it is so. Do you know a more accurate um, definition, biblically, of faith is what? Philemon verse 6. Philemon verse 6 says that the communication of your faith becomes effective as you acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ. When you acknowledge what's already done, what's already in you, what are those blessings, what is that specific divine nature, when you acknowledge what Jesus has finished, when you acknowledge everything that is in you in Christ, when you acknowledge some of that newness on the inside of you, the Bible says your faith will work. Your faith becomes effective. So how does effective faith work? It acknowledges every good thing that is inside of you. Now you see, let me ask you something. The sickest believer that is born again, does he have divine health on the inside of his spirit? All right? The Bible says, being dead to sin that he might live on to righteousness by whose stripes he's healed. 1 Peter 2.24. Romans 8 verse 10 says, being dead to sin that he might live on. No, Romans 8 verse, verse 10 says that the body is dead because of sin, but your spirit is life, healing, health, wholeness because of righteousness, because of its union with Christ. How can it not be? When Jesus, with all of his divine healing power, lives in your spirit, and he's the life of your spirit, how cannot your spirit have but divine health and wholeness? So the sickest person, believer, has divine health in his spirit. But 
How does he get it out? Acknowledge every good thing that is in him in Christ. Acknowledge that divine healing power is in his spirit. And the Bible says when he does that, Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says, the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead will quicken his mortal body. Amen? What am I, I'm, trying, I'm saying a couple of different things here. I'm saying that number one, you have got the truth becomes yours when you take it, when you acknowledge it, when you declare it, when you speak it. You are not going to walk in a new man if you don't acknowledge the new man. If you're not going to walk in the love of God, if you don't acknowledge the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. If you don't acknowledge the, 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 um, if you don't acknowledge that you have the mind of Christ, if you don't acknowledge he brings all things to your remembrance. Amen? Because these are the truth. Let me ask you something. Does the scripture say that the Holy Spirit brings things, all things to your remembrance? Does it say that? Right? Well, does he, can he do it? Right? Does it say that he brings all things to your remembrance? It does. So is that the truth? But how does that become your truth? Are you with me? And I think this is where I hear the emphasis that the Spirit is saying right now. The truth becomes yours when you take it, when you put it in your mouth, when you own it. Amen? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So, what is this life? You've been crucified with Christ. That's where it begins. And the life you now live is the life of Christ. That means then, you, can, you can't live this life of Christ and your own life at the same time. And the old life. So it says, get a hold of this. Old things have passed away. Inside your born again spirit, there is no old things. It's gone. Now what has happened? By death, when you were baptized into his death, and you were tied, died with him, and you were buried with him, there is a number of things that were, that were, that, that, that the body of Christ, that body that was offered up as a sacrifice, put an end to, say end. It put an end to history. Amen? It put an end to the world's claim on you. Because it says in Galatians chapter 6, that, by, that, that I will rather glory in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and me to the world. Which means if the world is dead to me, I shouldn't be hearing them. They, shouldn't be, they, they don't have a voice to me. Amen? The way they operate, I, I'm not hearing that. But then what about people? How about other people influencing you? Pushing you around, intimidating you, manipulating you. How about that? How about you living to impress them? How does that work? Can we do that and function in the life of Christ? No. No. Paul says if I seek to be the servant of men, then I'm no longer the servant of God. And he says, my meat, Jesus says, my meat is to do the will of the Father. And if you're going to have the mind of Christ, according to 1 Peter chapter 4, you cannot live the rest of your life for the will of men, but you've got to live your life for the will of God. Because why? Because don't forget, you're crucified. By death, you came to an end. Now if you're dead, let me ask you something. If you are dead, can you intimidate a dead man? Can you offend a dead man? Can you hurt his feelings? <laughs> so here's my point by the body of Christ by that death 
it put an end to the voice of the world and it put an end to the voice of people it put an end to, to even your own flesh do you know that's in the scripture that's in Galatians I think chapter 5 verse 24 I believe it is that they that are Christ they that belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts now somebody might be having some kind of bondage some kind of addiction well, if they would just recognize that in my spirit, my spirit is so free from every addiction and they can begin to identify that life in their spirit and acknowledge that freedom in their spirit, then, the, then what would happen is, and as they keep on looking into that perfect law of liberty, those chains will begin to fall off of them. If they just wake up every day, every time they go to light a cigarette or whatever, they just keep declaring by the body of Christ, I am dead to all of these lusts and all of these addictions and all of these bondages. They have no more authority in my life. Because that is the truth. You see, the Bible doesn't say the truth in and of itself will make you free. You will know the truth when you become intimate with the truth. When you become one with the truth. When you own the truth. When you possess the truth. When you acknowledge the truth. When you bind yourself to the truth. And the truth is, is how it is in your spirit. So you see... Like, like even as I, for me to try to understand, I'm crucified and it's no longer me and it's Christ that lived in me. I got to go to the sacrifice of Christ to get a hold of that. And when I go to the sacrifice of Christ, bam, I see by death, the world is dead to me. That voice is silence. History, all things have passed away, has no voice to me. All my, all my human identity that says I can and I cannot do this and this and that because of race, bam, all that stuff is dead by the body of Christ. I've been redeemed out of every tongue, out of every kindred, and so on and so forth. People, their influence, and, 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 and my own selfishness, I'm dead. So, by the, so just as I go to the cross, as I go to the sacrifice, I can see I'm crucified. I can see buried. And when I see buried, I recognize that, you know what, I mean, buried, it's gone. It's no more. Everything backwards. All of that history buried and gone. Now I rise up in resurrection with Christ. And now here I am. I have a brand new life. Brand new life. And it's the life of Christ I now have. And as if that was not enough, I'm now, I know I get resurrected. I got new life. I got new hope. And now I am seated. I'm, I'm ascended to the Father's right hand, and I'm now seated with him. And now that I'm seated with him, now he says, you're here, you're here, son. You are my workmanship. You are what I've created. I've recreated you in Christ. And you know what? I got works for you to do. <laughs> I got pathways that you are to walk in. Now that you're here, now that you are here, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and all of that stuff. Now that you are here, there are works that you are to walk in. So here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to receive the rest of the sacrifice and, and its application to your life. I want you to receive the blood. I want you to receive the name. I want you to receive the life of my son. I want you to receive the promises. And with those, you're going to be able to go in those works that I have ordained for you to walk in. Because now that you're seated here at my, at my right hand, recognize the authority in the voice of the blood. Recognize that our blood has purged your conscience from every dead work so that you can serve the living God. Recognize that now there is no accusation against you. Recognize that the, 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 prince, of this, the prince of the power of this air has been cast down. That the accuser is cast down. And any of his accusations, there are no record of it in heaven. 
So silence him. Recognize, they recognize that by that blood, you have all of these, all of these promises, you've got this new covenant, etc., etc., even as we're going to have communion. Listen to, the, to what the blood is saying, and let that blood be part of your toolkit. The toolkit by which you are now going to go and do the works that he had ordained for you to walk in, even from the foundations of the world. And as for, the, and as for that name, huh, that name, that very name is going to be the means by which you are going to be able. In fact, talk about your needs being met. Hey, there's a lot of stuff you don't even have to pray about anymore. Now that you're here, <laughs> now that you're here at my right hand, now that you've been raised up, now that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing, now that all these things are yours, now that all the promises are yes and amen, now that you know what's already finished and what's already done, just declare and decree whatever it is. Because Jesus says, hey son, I've given you my name. And because I live, because I'm raised up, here, the works that I do, you that, if you believe in me, the works that I do, you're going to do also, and greater works than these. Because I'm right here at the Father, you're, I'm right here next to you. And whatever you declare, whatever you decree, that is in agreement with me, I am now the high priest of your profession. And whatever you say, I'll watch over it and perform it once it matches my word. So here now, in the name of Jesus, you've got situations, you've got financial situations, you've got this, rather than, rather than pray and, and go get all tangled up with unbelief, wandering around, why don't you just declare and decree? Why don't you just find out what's already done, find out what's part of the divine nature, and instead of using those promises um, in, 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 uh, as a means for needs and all, let it be, let the promises reveal what you've got and decide this is how it is and I decree it, I command it in the name of Jesus. And then the life, what about that life? Now with that very life of Christ that is in you, acknowledging that life, acknowledging all that is in it, and, and there's, there's a lot in there. And the promises, the utterances of God, what God has already spoken. Put it in your mouth. Amen? It says, it says, um, it says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. That he that believes that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead. When you believe that and when you confess it, what will happen? You'll be saved. Is it just because of the believing? No, you got to believe and do what? Confess. You got to believe and decree it. Why? Because with the heart, you believe unto righteousness. But with the mouth, confession is made unto possession. So you've got to speak. You've got to speak. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, let me just go just a little tiny bit more. So, to walk in this newness of life, you need to know the essence of it is, old man is, uh, is that it's no longer you that live, but it's Christ that liveth in you. The reality of the fact is, the truth doesn't become yours until you, begin to, until you take it, until you speak it, until you embrace it. The, the, and, and the application, the application of that new life begins, first of all, in the application of, I'm crucified with Christ, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Paul says, I die daily. That has got to be part of, that is, that is, a, that is an open door into the life. Amen? Is there another place that says, huh, okay, yes, okay, I got to say this. 
God says, I've given you the mind of Christ. Does he say that? 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16. Now if God, God can say to you, well, you know what? I have given you the mind of Christ. And because you have the mind of Christ, let that mind be in you. <laughs> Is that okay? In the same way, God says, I've made you righteous. Therefore, do righteousness. Act like you're one with me. Operate in that authority. Declare and decree. I know what your rights are. Be free from condemnation and insecurity and inferiority and so on, right? Be free from guilt and shame. Because you are made righteous, act like it. Well, in the same way, God also says, I've given you the mind of Christ. Therefore, because I've given you the mind of Christ, let the mind rule. Well, how am I going to let the mind rule? Well, Philippians 2 verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Number one, who taught it not robbery to be equal with God. So if you're going to have that mind of Christ, you cannot be thinking that, that to, to talk about, about this righteousness and this oneness with God as if, as if you're robbing God of something. No. Right? You, you, what you're doing is you're submitting to the free gift of righteousness that he's given you to raise you up and to have you seated at his right hand and free from condemnation and to be as if sin has never been. So talk, to let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, that taught not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of what? No repetition. Well, after all, you're dead. So your repetition don't matter. Isn't that right? And then he goes on to say, and he was obedient. He humbled himself as a man and he was obedient unto what? He was obedient unto what? Come on. He was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now watch this. In order to function in the mind of Christ, you have got to be obedient even unto There we go. Amen? That is why it, that's where it begins. I'm crucified. It's no longer I, but it's Christ that lived in me. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2, that, um, that, that all I determined to know is Christ and him crucified. That's all I'm concerned about in your life. I want to see the identification that you crucified with him, and I want to see proof that it is that life of Christ that you're functioning in. It goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 7, that this mystery, this hidden wisdom of God was ordained for your glory. In other words, that's Christ in you. The reason why Christ is in you, the reason why this, 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 this is so, it is for your glory. Which means what? For you to come to that place of excellence. Amen? That's why Christ is in us. To bring us to that place of excellence so that we can have that. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, but to operate in all of these things... It is one thing to have the revelation of it, and that's important. But you need to also understand this, that in the, you operate in this stuff from where you are in ascension. You operate from the Father's right hand, from in Christ at the Father's right hand. That is why you look down on the enemy. That is why you reign over him. That is why you, 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 you're not a beggar. Amen? You are king. And the Bible says in Ecclesiastes um, 8 and verse 4, the where the word of a king is, there is power. Where your word is, you are king, are you a king? Where the word of a king is, there is power. Amen? So you speak from that place at the Father's right hand. Now, let me tell you something about that place. Remember in John chapter 14 when Jesus said, I go to what? Prepare what? A place for you. And if I go, I'm going to come again and I'll receive you unto myself. That's the place that he's prepared. The Father's right hand. Here's something else about that place. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, reading um, from about verse, verse 19, it says, um, Having therefore, brethren, boldness 
to enter into the holiest by the blood of Christ. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way, which he had consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. So here is this place in the holiest of holies, and it says we enter in how? Through the blood and through the veil of his flesh that was torn. Communion, the blood and the veil of his flesh that was torn. Where do we enter? We enter into the holiest of holies. And listen to what it calls that place. A new and a living way. What does that mean? It's a new way and a new place in which you are to live. Live here. Don't just visit. <laughs> right? Live here. Live in this newness of life. Live in this new man. Live in this new love. Live in this new joy, this new peace, this new righteousness, this new holiness. Live in this place where you remit people's sins. Live in this place where you're free from, from, from bitterness and resentment and, and unforgiveness. Live in this place where the love of God is shed abroad in your heart and that dominates. Where the love of God is what moves you. That's where your action comes from. And your faith just agrees with whatever it is that is so. And your hope says, I see it. I see it. I got it. Thank God for the revelation of it. Are you with me? This is the new and the living way in which we are to live. And it is about speaking. It's about believing. In fact, let me, let me broaden it just a little bit. The Bible says it, it's, the Bible says cause it to put on, it, it says it more or less, um, Ephesians chapter 4, 22 to 24, when you break the verses down, it, in verse 22, it will tell you, put off the conversation of the old man with all of his corruption and all of his stuff. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. When you examine that, it is saying, put on the conversation of the new man. What do you mean a conversation of the new man? Put on how the new man is. Think how the new man thinks. Talk how the new man talks. Believe how the new man believes. Act how the new man acts. Have the kind of attitude of the new man. The, the new man rejoices. The new man has to, gives God glory. The new man uh, is full and overflowing with thanksgiving. The new man believes God. The new man speaks life. The new man speaks victory. The new man knows greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So put on the conversation of the new man. Talk like the new man. In, in um, Philippians 1 verse 27, it says, Let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel. In other words, let your conversation be consistent with the good news, with the gospel, with the sacrifice, with the reality that Christ is in you. Paul says, when God called me from my mother's womb, in Galatians 1, 15 and 16, to, uh, to reveal his son in me. He said that uh, to reveal his son in me, and that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Preach Christ in me among the Gentiles. So in other words then, my conversation must be according to the new man. It must be according to the gospel. It must be according to Christ in me. It must be according, it must be according to the sacrifice of Christ. And, and Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 says my conversation is in heaven. Which means my conversation need to be as it is in heaven. If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where your life is hid with Christ in God. Let your conversation be heavenly. Let your conversation be as it is in the spirit, as it is in the kingdom of God, where you're blessed with every spiritual blessing. And then again, in First, in first Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, 
right? It talks about, our, uh, about putting away that old conversation, and it speaks about a new conversation that we have. Because we've been redeemed, not with, the, not with silver and gold, but by the precious blood of the Lamb from the vain conversation that we used to have. So now, we don't have a vain conversation anymore. We have a conversation that is consistent with the blood of Jesus. Think about that. Can you imagine if your attitude was consistent with the blood of Jesus? If your speaking is consistent with the blood of Jesus? I mean, what would you say to sickness? What would you say to poverty? I mean, what would you say to the curse? I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. The blessing of Abraham are mine. What would you say? What would your speech be? What would your attitude be? Would you have expectation? Would you have hope? Would you be, will, you, will you be thankful? Will you be giving God glory? Would you be excited? Let your conversation be according to the blood. Let your attitudes, let your speaking, let your believing, let your thinking. Let it be according to the blood. Let it be according to the new man. Let it be according to the gospel. Let it be according to the sacrifice. Let it be according to heaven where you are seated at the Father's right hand. Amen?